Welcome to Diner Talks with James. Slide into the booth and let's have conversations we never want to end with friends we never want to leave over food we probably shouldn't be eating. My friends, welcome to another episode of Diner Talks with James. I'm James, and I'm pumped to be here kicking it with you. How the heck are you, friends? Man, it feels good to just hang out with you in the diner one more time. Are you enjoying yourselves in the diner, friends? Podcasting is a fascinating medium, because I literally have no clue who is listening to this. Somebody came up to me and said, hey, I really like your podcast the other day. And uh, it was a good friend of mine. Let's be clear. It wasn't just some random stranger. But uh, I was like, oh, shoot, you listen to it? This is just a fascinating medium because I have no idea who downloads it. I have no idea how long people listen to episodes. I don't know what's happening. Is there anybody out there? It's all good. If not, just please tell me there is. Uh, but seriously, y'all, I would love to hear your thoughts about this. So if you ever want to shoot me a message, I am James at James T. Robo on the email. James T. Robo on the old uh, Instagram or social media. But let me know what you like about the show, what you'd like more of, what you'd like less of. I would love to deliver the experience that you want in the diner because your boy's trying to get at least 20% tip out here. Let's go. <laughs> Friends. I have someone on the podcast that I have been dying to get on it for a minute. She is a dear friend, but she's a she hustles, y'all. It is tough to get a hold of Bonnie, but I am super excited that she is here. Uh, she has grown into one of uh, Tina and I's closest friends and just a great human uh, who's going through some things in her life around the same time that Tina and I are going through some things in our life. And uh, to watch her friendship with my wife blossom is uh, it brings a tear to the eye because you want somebody to love your person the way you love your person. And uh, it's just really cool to watch their friendship in particular grow. Uh, and I just have always had the utmost respect for Bonnie Shade. So let me tell you about her. First off, her name is Bonnie Shade. It's just a badass name, right? Sounds like she could be like a... I don't know, like a, a detective down in Miami or something like that. Yo, Bonnie Shade coming around the block. Anyway, I'm going to keep it moving with the introduction at this point. Uh, she helps student leaders, professionals learn how to prevent sexual violence, build healthy relationships, and empower each other to feel like they belong. As a professional speaker and curriculum designer with her own company, Bonnie Shade Speaks, naturally, she travels and speaks to over 10,000 students annually. She also serves as the Associate Director for Fraternity and Sorority Life at the University of North Carolina, Charlotte. When she's not working, Bonnie enjoys spending her time with her family, her partner, Chris, and their two tiny humans. She loves chicken wings, bone-in only, says Bonnie Shade. She also crushes a good bourbon and imbibes in a good pun every once in a while. Y'all, let's bring out the one and only, bringing the heat all day, Bonnie Shade was good. <laughs> this intro, bone-in chicken wings only, though. Friends. If you're not eating bone-in chicken wings, they're called nuggets. They're called nuggets. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And don't come out with nuggies. When do we start calling them no. nuggies? Nuggies no. and tendies? Uh, that's a baby Yoda thing, I think. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Like vegetables. Nuggies. I'm like, what? <laughs> it is what it is. You know what? It is what it is. All I'm saying is buffalo wings saucy with ranch. That's how we get down. That's it. 
That's saucy with rice. You're not. You're not here for. That you're not here saucy. for a dry rub. No, go home with that. What is that? <laughs> I didn't ask for grilled chicken. I asked for some wings with some sauce. <laughs> with some sauce. A dry rub it. sounds like my first hookup in high school. Uh, oh, <laughs> I'm just can't kidding. relate, James. Uh, can't no, relate. I know, no, me like, either. No, I didn't hook up with anybody in high school. <laughs> I was very single and very lonely and mm. questioned a lot of things about myself. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, we'll um, get into it. We'll get into it today. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Slide in the diner with me. It's slide awesome. in the yeah. diner with me. <laughs> um, so, Bonnie, I'm so excited you're here. Now, here's the thing. I am also a person who loves wings. One of the reasons why I got a smoker for the backyard is because I wanted to learn how to smoke my wings because I prefer Ooh. a grilled wing over a fried wing. Um, okay. And so I'm trying. I'm out here working on the sauces and stuff like that. So now what is, you know, sometimes you go to these places, they got 47 sauces. You know, what, what is an eye? Oh. Are you just like straight buffalo with the sauce? Or are you uh, like, what, what kind of, what kind of sauce have you, if I were able to give you, a, mm. a tray of 15 wings and i told you you could customize them with any number of sauces what are you doing okay so right off the bat i'm gonna get three sauces because okay. i'm gonna do five five and five yep yep. so i'm getting three sauces it's an option you have here in the diner. I almost always get buffalo as the baseline right you gotta have something to test out like do i like this better do i like that better mm-hmm. and if i don't like the other the other ones i'm getting the other sauces then i know i've got buffalo i know i've got five wings that are that are classic <laughs> that I'm going to mess up. So mm-hmm. um, I love like a, like a Buffalo that's got a little bit of seasoning in it. Right. Yeah. So like, dr- like a, like a dry rubbed wing that is then tossed in Buffalo. That's my ideal wing. Okay. The ideal, ideal sauce yeah, yeah, yeah. on there. Um, I also love like a honey mustard barbecue mm. situation. Mm-hmm. Mixture mm-hmm. of those two things. Sure, Usually sure. they're called, it's called like a gold rush. Uh, and then I would say, and I, she puts I the maybe, quotes on, you know, in the business, we call gold it rush. gold rush. <laughs> People don't know the, 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 the wing language. The, you almost said it's wingo, really hard didn't to you? Say. Did you almost say wingo? Say. <laughs> I'm like, what's this hard to say? I wingo. think we're now calling it wingo. I think that's now what wingo. It is. Yeah. Yeah. This is it. This is, this is how we get down. Um, yeah. and I don't know, but the other one would just be a random, like what's the house special? What are you making in the back? That's, that's delightful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go from there. Mm-hmm. Go from there. I love yeah. it. I love it. There's some places in upstate New York that have uh, they're either called like trash can or garbage can or whatever trash bin where it's all the sauces, yeah, um, uh, mixed together. And sometimes those are pretty good. I don't know how I feel about that. Sometimes they're all right. I, I support you. I'm never mad as long as you're getting a bone-in saucy wing. I'm, I'm gonna let you live your life. I'm not yeah, gonna judge yeah. you. Yeah, that's right. Those um, aren't my favorite, but it's just a, intriguing. It's aggressive. It's yeah. aggressive flavor. It's a lot. It's a lot going on in your mouth. Um, the uh, uh, oh, I appreciate this uh, as a fellow wing lover. Now, you know, Bonnie, this is, we're we're already on food, so let's stick on food for a second. Get it. This show is obviously called Diner Talks with James, mm. and so I'm wondering. You know, what is your late night guilty pleasure? You and I have been to conferences before. We've hung out late at night before over a bite to eat. If You know, if you and I were at a diner or you're down in North Carolina, if we're at a Waffle House, right, something like mm. that, what, what is your – what's your late night move? Yeah, uh, always. It, it, I got to know, are they serving breakfast 24 hours? The diner, I feel like, serves probably, breakfast – Probably, 20, yeah. Right? Yeah. You got to get breakfast then. <laughs> Waffle or pancakes, depending – on mm. where we're at, right? Mm-hmm. I am mm-hmm. more of a pancake lover than a waffle lover. Mm-hmm. Um, I love myself some blueberry pancakes. 
There's nice yeah. little blueberries in there. There's just something, oh man, there's just something good, extra delightful about a blueberry pancake. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if pancakes are an option, I'm getting blueberry pancakes, eggs over easy, uh, hash browns fried hard with cheese on top. Yep. Yep. We're at Waffle House. I'm getting them smothered, covered, diced, probably. Okay. Dice, um, be, dice okay. being onions, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, dice I think is so. Onions. Yeah, I think so too. Chunked is chunked. I don't like the word chunked. Chunked is ham, I think. Oh, I feel about that. <laughs> chunked. <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm eating my food, right? I don't, yeah. know, I don't know. I feel about that word. Um, and then I'm probably just getting like a, a tea, a sweet tea, because it's late night. I don't want coffee. Yeah. So I'll get like a sweet tea. Yeah. That's what we're doing. Yeah, I don't want caffeine, so I'll get a sweet Maybe tea. Maybe fruit. Yeah, that makes sense, right? I'm logical. I'm a logical human. It's fine. Yeah, that's uh, the order. It's a classic, classic order. I like uh, – oh, and bacon. You got to get some, some crispy bacon, bacon in yeah. there too, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the order. It's a strong order. It is a blueberry uh, blueberry pancakes are outrageous. Um, so just just a strong product out there. Especially the more authentic a maple syrup you can get with the blueberry pancake, the more they shine. There it is. Uh, comes here comes my bougie guy from the northeast. Um, I'm close <laughs> enough to Vermont. Close enough. Um, <laughs> but uh, but still, uh, yeah. No, I appreciate that. Now here's a, are the eggs on a separate plate? Or are they on the same plate as the pancakes? No, pancakes are on their own plate. Okay, got Eggs it. are on the plate with the fried hash browns. Yeah. So that way when I cut into the over easy, mm. we get we get that drip yeah. right into the hash browns. <laughs> and you just always coming with the drip, body. I appreciate it. Oh. <laughs> so uh story of my life. <laughs> I love it. Bonnie, uh, before 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 she got on the air here, uh, she currently looking real cozy on a beautiful couch, beautiful sconce behind her, um, and uh, rocking a cardigan. And uh, <laughs> so I decided to call her Cardigan B, because uh, I assume that's what Cardi there B is. stands for. And Bonnie has been judging me ever since that moment, and I don't blame her. I mean, her. what else does Cardi B stand for <laughs> other than Cardigan B? And now here we are. And now everyone's brain is going to think about this. You're welcome, family with Diner Talks. Like, this is it. Cardi B. From when I think to when I, your yeah. earworm. That's when it. I think cozy, I think Cardi B. Um, when I think... <laughs> When I think uh, there we are. Yeah, that's it. When I think of just cozy, curled up on the couch mm-hmm. watching a movie. Mm-hmm. Cardi, Cardi B. B. How you doing? Cardi B. Uh. Let's go to the beach, beach. Let's go get away. Just getting it right. There it is. <laughs> It's a strong impression. Uh, Bonnie, I love that uh, that we're hanging out. You and I have known each other for got to be coming up on 10 years. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Which is pretty awesome. Uh, And our friendship has grown over the years, which is pretty which is pretty cool. And uh, as as I said in the intro, I just uh, let me say it before in case I forget at the end. I really do appreciate you um, and appreciate you and the role that you play in our family. Um, And and, uh, and, and you know you're good at calling me out, which I hate. Actually, I don't appreciate that part about you. Now that let me let me say that too. We'll get it all out. Wind it back. Um, wind it back. Rewind it. Mm-hmm. Um, but cool. uh, no, I just I, I, you know it's interesting because when 
you only see someone ever so often, right? You're in, you're in Charlotte, North Carolina. We're obviously in the Twin yeah. Cities. We're in New York before that. And but when you see someone ever so often, especially at conferences, there's this phrase called conference friends, where these are the people that you love to bump into at your national or regional events, and they're super fun. You're like, hi, oh my god, how are you? And like for those for those couple of days, you truly are friends. It real like you're yeah. grateful for each other. Time. It's amazing. Sure, you know the conference is going to be better because that other person is there. You got someone to eat lunch with conference chicken with right and and it's really uh it's awesome and uh it would it's very easy to fall into conference friend mode and just just stay in it uh and i talk to some of those people once a year and i am grateful for them but we don't we don't we don't bridge the gap um and uh, it's it's been really special that we are more than conference friends um and planning family trip friends uh is where is where we're getting to and uh so i I just want to just want to publicly announce so you know it wasn't bullshitting you that i appreciate that (laughs) i appreciate that james thank you and yes it's been it is wild right i'm sitting here thinking like damn how long have we known each other uh and what how frequently i feel like have our lives overlapped or crossed over and like what's Mm -hmm. going on with you what's going on with me what's going on with just just life. It is so fascinating mm-hmm. to have people in your life who start off as just like, maybe we did start off as those conference buddies, conference friends, yeah. right? Um, <laughs> and then it has definitely transitioned and formed into a genuine friendship, which is just, mm-hmm. it feels good. I love it. So thank good. you for the role you play in our life too, because it's a good time. Let's go. It's a good Let's time. Go. <laughs> uh, but alas, Bonnie, we did only meet 10 years ago. So I don't know a lot about your childhood. Mm-hmm. So I want you to take it back. Now, I know you were born and raised somewhere in Florida. You're going to tell me where in a second. Yep. And right. uh, <clears throat> so I'm wondering, where where were you born and raised? And and just tell me a little bit, what was what was young Bonnie Shade like? What, what Did you have dreams? Did you have aspirations? Were you a pain in the ass? Yeah, were yeah. you? Uh, goody two shoes were you what what tell me about young bonnie shade and and where you grew up the answer is all of the above great all of the above great good talk (laughs) that's it thanks for i'll answer the question um so i grew up in lake worth florida which no one ever knows where lake worth is people like oh is that like south florida it is about 15 minutes south of west palm beach the reason i'm really specific when i say lake worth is because if i tell people west palm beach I was like, oh man, that's such a nice part. Like, that's amazing. I bet you love growing up there. And um, I did not grow up in West Palm Beach. I grew up in Lake Worth. And Lake Worth is a very low SES area. Um, humble beginnings for Bonnie Shade and my family. Uh, well, back in the day, right, it was Bonnie Boutte. It's not Bonnie Shade. Bonnie Boutte. Um, right, the maiden name. Damn. <laughs> Damn it. Hit. I just, I, there is no way to hyphenate that. You can't be Boutte Shade out here in the streets. No. <laughs> Dicey. So, um, anyway, I think, uh, so for me growing up where I grew up, um, as an only child, I have two half brothers, um, that I'll be honest with you, I'm not very close with, don't have a a super close relationship with them. Mm -hmm. They're both a lot older than me. So for me growing up as an only child, um, my friends became my family. And so I was the person who always was inviting people over to their house and hanging out or going here or doing that. I was a very busy uh, kid growing up, whether it be getting involved in sports, um, softball was my sport of choice. That's something that I loved to do. Nice, nice. Um, and, and got super into and absolutely fell in love with, with that sport. Um, but I think for me, it was early on, my friends became my family. And I think that that's definitely a huge line that has continued for me into Mm -hmm. my adulthood and what that looks like. But yeah, grew up there, 
dreams, aspirations, hopes. I've always wanted to be, and still to this day, sometimes question it, a veterinarian. <laughs> a nice. veterinarian. Okay. Like, I want to, when I was five, I told my dad I wanted to own my own zoo. Mm-hmm. You know the movie, We Bought a Zoo? That's my actual dream. That's your actual dream. <laughs> I want to buy a zoo. I want to buy a zoo. I think that would be so badass to own a zoo. Uh-huh. Um, but then I would be the veterinarian that takes care of all the animals who are there. This is my dream growing up. Um, so much so that my undergraduate degree is in biology because I always nice. thought I was going to go to vet school after. Mm-hmm. And then I took a right turn and decided, nope, great. Glad I have this cool biology degree <laughs> <laughs> to be a professional speaker and work in higher education. That's yeah, great. sure. Great. sure. So a little bit about childhood me. A little bit. That's so fun. Um, something that you and I both have in common are our biology degrees. Uh, my marine right. bio degree. <clears throat> um, and shout, out to, shout out to going to school on the coast. Shout out to going to school on the coast, but actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, didn't suck. Did the, not suck. Uh, no, it did not. We made smart choices. The <laughs> the uh, the fact that you wanted to own a zoo growing up and be a veterinarian is just incredible. Now, did you have yeah. did you have pets at the time, or did you just always want pets, or like were you a pet household? Yeah, we we were a dog household, okay. so we always had dogs. Yeah. Um. Every once in a while, my dad, not my mom, my dad would always be like, "Let's catch these eggs and put it in a thing and see what hatches." Right. So, like <laughs> one time, we caught these we got these five eggs that we found in the backyard. Yeah. My dad was like, "Well, let's let's put them in this little." You know, he built this little incubator habitat yeah. habitat uh, for them. And my mom was freaking out. She thought they were going to be snakes. They yep. were lizards. <laughs> so we just like hatched these baby lizards, right? Um, did have I did have a pet snake though? My mom hated that. Had oh, a pet wow. snake. Um, gerbils, birds. So yeah, okay, we were a, we were a pet household. We were an animal. <laughs> I was saying all this, and I was like, uh, yep, that's the definition of a pet household. Yeah. Yep. So we were that. We had all of these things. Uh, yeah. Um, but my favorite memory with my family growing up was going to the zoo. And that's I think awesome. that's where it comes from for me, right? Like mm-hmm. my parents had this membership to the zoo and every Saturday we would go so much so that I started getting to know like who the zookeepers were and the people who worked there um, and would get to like watch them feed the whatever, right? Tigers yeah. and lions and bears. Oh my. Right. So that was that was like the the coolest memory I think for mm-hmm. me as a kid with my parents and so being able to hopefully do that one day I think was a cool thing for me. Yeah, that's awesome. That's is. really cool. And yeah, I agree. No, you were uh, I think you were one cat short of a menagerie at that point. Um. Could have been. Could have been. 100%. Yeah. Uh, now here's here's a question I always have with people with with that had that had a number of pets. Uh, I pride myself in and uh, having fun at naming things. Were you good at naming things, or was this like gerbily, slithery? Like, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It was the latter and not oh, the former. No. Um, <laughs> our, our dog's name growing up was Zachary, which <laughs> is very like a human name, yeah, right? That's that's a good one. Yeah. Zachary, uh, but we never called him Zach. Because mm-hmm. I think I don't. It was always Zachary. Okay. Sure. Um, one of my formal. gerbils' names, right? Very. <laughs> the fourth. Um, yeah, I had a gerbil named Shyla uh, and Brownie because its great. fur was brown. Yep. Original. Sure. Um, I think one of my birds' names was Chirpy. Maybe? This is this is Chirpy? going the wrong direction. Yeah, uh, it's not. It's not. We should change the subject after this. Is what we should do, right? Like, yeah, yeah like the, the naming was not something I was great at. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, you know, here we are. But I made up for it with my two little people. I think, right? Like, yeah. 
hopefully yeah, yeah, we'll do that. I so agree, yeah. Here's some bad ass name children. Yeah. Crush their names. Crush yeah. their names. <laughs> um, but yeah, That's animals awesome. growing up, not it. Not yeah. it for me. But shout out to Brownie. The rest in peace. Rest in power, Brownie. Um, <clears throat> um, so uh, – when we, uh, when I was listening to you, it's first off, it's it's kind of cool that you have this. You wanted to be this by uh, this veterinarian uh, because you do have a sense of care about you, right? You are an educator, um, and so there's that. It's cool the way some of those little pieces, some of those underlying currents, still carry into yeah. our our current day, um, and uh, that that that's beautiful. Uh, and you also said something that was interesting. I want to go back to. Um, you said that your friends have more most often been associated like you call them your family um is that uh if you don't mind me asking is that a result of any miscommunications with your folks or you know did what what role did your parents play in in your upbringing and who you are today huge huge i am who i am because of my parents um I think my dad instilled this, this message of hard work and empathy and patience mm-hmm. um, that I have not sometimes done great at, right? Like I'm not, a, I'm not the most patient person. Sometimes I struggle with empathy. Um, I'm caring, but I struggle, I struggle with that, that next level piece at times. And so my dad, I think has always challenged me or pushed me to do things and be different mm-hmm. in, in different ways to really just become better. Where my mom, I think, growing up nurtured who I was and and kind of allowed me to to utilize my strengths to just be better in that way. So my dad pushed and challenged me where my mom was like, Great, you're like this, you're you're here, go do that, go be independent, right? Go be go hang out with your friends, um, those sorts of things. So my parents are a huge part of of why I am the way I am. I think they also facilitated me creating this family of friends. Mm-hmm. Right. Growing up as an only child where my, my closest half brother to me is 12 years older than I am. Mm-hmm. Right. So he was outgrown, married before I even got into like middle school or high school. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so my parents were always like, great, we're going on vacation. Who's coming with us? Mm-hmm. Right. We're going to the zoo today. Who's coming with us? Like, who do you want to invite with you? It was always we want your your people to be our people, mm-hmm. and I think even to this day, right? As as my family has grown and changed and morphed, they're still that way, and it's really cool to see um, as I've gotten older this friendship that I've started to create with my parents, and how that friendship I think was forged at such a young age of what they taught me friendship can look like. That's cool. Should yeah. look like. Um, and turning that into to what it is today. It's just a, it's a beautiful kind of full circle piece, but I am who I am today because of, of the role my parents played in developing me. Yeah. Um, I don't think I, I think they, they saw me for who I was and who I am and mm-hmm. who I'm not and pushed me and challenged me and supported me in all the right ways to get to this place of, of me. That's beautiful. That's uh, that sounds yeah. like you're very fortunate in that way. Uh, that's uh, yeah, that's incredible. That's beautiful, Bonnie. Thanks for telling us about them. Uh, I love that. 
I love that. You know, you're, you're playing some sports. We're hanging out with the animals. We got a cool group of friends. Uh, there it is. Middle school and high school is often sometimes where we start, uh, where we plant the seeds of the stories that we tell ourselves for a long time. Um, and uh, and I'm wondering, you know, in, in middle school or high school, uh, did you did you have any uh, thoughts about yourself that potentially you still uh, either hold on to today or, you know, like one thing that you know you and I will uh, eventually come back to is, uh, is that you and I both struggle with perfectionism. Um, yeah. And, and we also, uh, I, I think, uh, I think we both work at this, uh, but it shows up differently of, you know, when do our walls go up and who are we, who do we try to show people versus what's really going on behind the scenes and whatnot. There are those things that those start in, uh, in high school and middle school, or, you know, is there anything from that time that that uh, that you're still working through? <laughs> of course there are, right? Like I hate to just be like, well, yeah, but I mean, <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, I mean, middle school and high school. Who doesn't have shit from middle school and high school? That they're like, whoa, that's just I don't even know what the hell. In middle school. Um, I'm thinking back. I'm like, man, fucking middle school. Um, so I think for me. Um, middle school, uh, was the first time in my life. I think I was, I felt embarrassed, um, to be from where I was from. Mm. Um, so growing up in a a lower SES area, um, and, and having parents who, I mean, worked their asses off to give me the life that they've given me. Um, I, I went to a private school. And I think in middle school, right, middle schoolers are mean, but the private school I went to was not cheap. Private school is expensive, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so going there, I remember like asking my mom to drop me off like further back in the car line because I didn't want people to see me get out of the car that my mom was driving. Yeah. Uh, or, or being sure that I was always going over to other people's house and they weren't coming to my house because I didn't want mm-hmm. them to see my house mm-hmm. and those sorts of things. And I think um, a value that I have that my therapist and I have talked a lot through um, <laughs> is financial security and financial mm-hmm. stability and creating a life where um, I, I feel like I am setting myself up for success, my children up for success um, it, through finances, right? Which I think for a while I was really embarrassed about that. Yeah. Um, and have really started to come to terms with what does this mean and look like for me? And, and what is my relationship with money and where does this come from? And so that I think is a huge one, huge one for sure is, is feeling like I wasn't enough. Yeah. And finances was a very tangible way to show that I wasn't enough. Mm. Right. And so when I was, shopping for clothes or whatever it was, right? It would be, well, mom, I have to go to this store because everyone else has these shoes, this backpack, right? You can't have, you can't have the Walmart backpack. You got to get the Jansport. <laughs> Shit. Come right? correct like, with got, the LLB. Come on. <laughs> um, and so it's just, right, like so many of those pieces. And I think my parents saw that and, and understood that mm-hmm. um, in a way of like, okay, if, if we are not going to have this at home, then we at least need to help her feel like she can belong. And I, it sounds so crazy to think, right? Like that finances or how you dress or how you show up creates this image or this culture of belonging. Mm-hmm. But I think this is even what we see 
in the work that we currently do, right? In conferences, in fraternity and sorority life, in hell, in just general friendship groups, people do what they have to do to belong, mm-hmm. to, to fit in. And I think for me, that started by things I was embarrassed of or ashamed of in middle school. Yeah. And financial stuff is fascinating, right? And, and I love the word Always. that you use. And we've talked, this is a word that gets thrown around a lot with it, but I don't know if we know if we actually break it down what it means. The relationship that we have with money, um, because it truly is a, a relationship. It doesn't, just because it's like this tangible thing and it's here or it's not or whatever, like there is, uh, the way that we attach our self-worth to our actual worth, to our net worth, um, the way that we attach, uh, <clears throat> like you said, belonging is such a such a powerful uh, a powerful thing that you know I'm I'm someone who grew up with more than enough, uh, and and so it wasn't I don't ever there was never a time where I remember longing for to look a certain way or wear a certain thing the way that the way that I dress now compared to the way I dressed in high school is hysterical now I'm like I didn't wear jeans until I went to college because I was like they're itchy um right <laughs> so like I wore I wore fucking khakis um there it is <laughs> there school. it is with some whatever right like I mean like I don't know we <clears throat> even though we had money we didn't I didn't necessarily I wasn't out there in Jordans and all that kind of stuff Jinkos were big back then right and have oh, a pair of Jenkos. Um, so yeah, uh, echoes, right. All those kind of things. So yeah, but that, uh, but it's, but it's interesting, uh, to think about what is your relationship with money and how much that steers your fears around, uh, being able to let go, being able to, uh, being able to just say, no, let's, let's do this thing. We can do this thing and just be able to do it without any, you know, there's so many people that won't book the vacation because they're like, well, where, where all finances be at that point? Or there are people who won't do the thing. Um, and, and it is truly a relationship. Uh, that is ingrained in us and and is something that uh, we teach our kids about what what is their relationship with money going to be uh, and so because we've also seen on the opposite end of it the people who are wildly spoiled um, and their relationship with money where money doesn't matter um, it's like well I'll just get more of it um, right like I can spend it on this and uh, so I appreciate you I appreciate you sharing that today and just and just highlighing that yeah. Is that, yeah. is that it's something? An, it's an, yeah. Good. I was going to say, that's like such an interesting question, right? Of how, how are the ways in which we were raised, the values that were instilled, how are those pieces, those fears, those hopes, those dreams, how are those instilled into just who we are today? Mm-hmm. Right. And what are those, those carryovers? And I'm yeah. curious, James, I got to know, what does this look like for you? What are some of those Come things on. from middle school, from high school <laughs> that have just carried over? Yeah, for sure. For me, it's a lot of, it's, it's mainly self-esteem, self-esteem stuff and intelligence stuff. I've talked a bunch about my, my self-esteem stuff on here, uh, where just like in high school, uh, everybody laughed at my jokes and, and people wanted to sit next to me in class and I was a pretty smart kid also. And, uh, and so I was a wise ass, right? So combine all those things with a little bored, a little funny and, uh, had an audience (laughs) and away we go with the wit. Um, and so, uh, but so, yeah, so I, I made people laugh. People, people knew me. I wasn't, I wasn't popular, but I was known. Um, and, uh, which I do think are two different things. <laughs> um, and, uh, and so, uh, 
Uh, but so then I would come back from the weekends and everybody be like, oh, we were hanging out or, oh, yeah, we went to this party in the woods or, oh, yeah, so-and-so people over. Oh, it was crazy. It was crazy. And I was like, why? Why don't you invite me? <laughs> like where? I was just, I was <laughs> yeah. just sitting around. Like I, I won't do anything. Um, and so it was, it, it's, I started to write the story that I still write today of people like you when you're around, but they don't think about you when you're not. Hmm. Um, and uh, that is, it, it's interesting. I live my life based on what I want to be said in my eulogy because I want to be memorable. Um, and, and it's really hard to be forgotten. Uh, even just the other day, uh, right? We've had we have some <clears throat> some friends here who uh, we have some friends here who who took us out and uh, or no, excuse me, we had some friends here who I kind of like try to set up plans with this one group of people, um, and <clears throat> and then all of a sudden like I hadn't heard anything, and so I shot a text was like, hey, is this happening? And they're like, yeah, it's happening. Yeah, come over. I was like, okay, when? They're like, now. We're here. And I was like, motherfucker, I set up these plans. Like, <laughs> what, what do you mean you're hanging out now? Internal frustration. Yeah. Um, and so, like, yeah, so Ooh. that's a big thing. Um, and, yeah, so I think that. And then also, I mean, just the self-esteem around the way that I look. Uh, like, I mean, Tina, uh, Tina tries her hardest to convince me that she truly believes that I am hot. Um, and and I, I, lo- I love her for that. Um, I just. And I'm working on seeing it, uh, and I just don't. I mean, sometimes the sometimes the fit is fresh, uh, but I, I think still knowing what's underneath and being wildly self conscious about it. Uh, if you compliment the way that I the way that I dress, I'll accept it. If you compliment the way that I like look and, or whatever, then I'm like, nah, I don't know. You tell the truth, um, right? And a lot of that stuff is from yeah. that that moment. Um, yeah. is, is from those times. See previous comment I about never that. having going on a date or never getting a dry rub in high school. Um, <laughs> dry rub. Real full circle moment call. to the wingo, to the wingo. To the wingo. Hashtag wingo. No, I think, I think it's so interesting and, and fascinating too of like, what does, how does that look in our lives today? Mm-hmm. Right. I think as, as I've grown and changed and so, and, and my life and my family have grown and changed, my partner and I are in this place of, what are we doing and how are we showing up for other people, but also how are other people showing up for us? Mm-hmm. And like that fr- friendships change and friendships morph and friendships shift, but it is an interesting place to be in of like, okay, if I, if I'm like this, this person who's facilitating the hangout or whatever. Right. And then to be like, well, come over now. And you're like, what, what just happened? Like, yeah. how am I no longer a part of that conversation? Mm-hmm. Um, which I think for me, right. A fear is relevance right? When it comes to that, like, I want to be relevant in my friends' lives. Yes. But what does that relevance even mean or look like for me or for them? And why is relevant something that I am craving in these relationships, in these pieces? Like, that's Mm -hmm. something that I've been thinking a lot about lately as our our friendship groups and just we as humans are changing. Like, what is the relevancy of of friendships, of relationships, of, of moments? Yeah, that's powerful. My counselor, who I fire on a weekly basis, because uh, I've, I've had enough of her. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, she was talking to me about. Uh, she said, uh, "I said, I, I was telling her, I was like, I just really need to stop putting my self worth in other people's control." Um, yeah. And she said, "James, let me take it one step further for you." Um, and I was like, "I don't want you to." She's like, "Well, I'm going to." And uh, <laughs> she said, "She said, James, you put your self worth in the control of people who don't fill your self worth." 
In other words, go back. I need people, you to repeat the this. People, this is some this is some things, right? Yes, here. no, for sure. She said she said the people who don't make you feel worthy are where you you let them control your self-worth. Uh. There's plenty of people in your life that make you feel worthy. Why does why doesn't their vote get the same amount of credit as this other person who doesn't? What? Yeah, yeah, fire her because that's I told, good. I, thank you. That's, I did. She's got to go. Sarah's she's out. Got to go. Sarah. I mean, I'm mean, next week, but Sarah's out. Um. <laughs> Sarah, in case you didn't know. <laughs> yeah. Also, please follow me on Instagram so I can just hire you as mine. Because shit, this is. We got a lot to unpack, Sarah. We yeah. But, so yeah, so that that was a powerful thing. Is like because. I haven't thought about it in the way that you just put it. And so I also don't appreciate you right now with the relevancy. Uh, (laughs) I mean, but look at what we do for a living, right? Like I get on stage and command attention, (laughs) right? I command attention and not, uh, and ideally it is earned attention, right? Like I have, whoever the client is has said, Hey, no, you are worthy. And your message is worthy, right? Like you didn't necessarily book me. You booked my message. And I, and and those are, those are two separate things. And, and I, and, and I see that, Uh, but what I do for a living uh, is my goal is to be memorable and to have my words be memorable and to have me be relevant for you. I believe what I'm talking about matters and it should matter to you. This should be relevant to you. Um, And, uh, yeah, it's very interesting to even see what sometimes when I walk on stage, especially right now when I'm doing a lot of corporate gigs, um, <clears throat> you I don't get people who come up to the stage and rush the stage like they do mm. at a university gig. And oh. I'm like, okay, cool. So I just wasted all these people time. I just helped them check their little professional development box. Like what happened here, right? right? And I can write right. those stories of like, maybe I wasn't relevant to them. And that that's that's a longer drive home. That's a longer drive home from that. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah. Damn. Yeah. Those, those moments too, right. It's like, I, I had to check myself, especially. So I, I, what I speak about, right. I speak about sexual violence and mm-hmm. being a survivor of sexual violence and what I believe we can do and what data and scholars and science says that we can do to prevent these things from happening. I, when I have a moment like that, smaller audience not as much back and forth right and friends if you can't tell i'm a raging extrovert so for me (laughs) if the audience isn't giving me what they're what i need them to give me i'm like are they getting it does this make sense is it landing is it sticking and i write this story literally while i'm on stage speaking i write this story about well this isn't good enough i'm not it's not what i want it to be right Mm -hmm. they don't care they're not getting the message and then for me that equates to my self-worth because Mm -hmm. what i talk about is a part of my identity Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's those moments where like, I have to sit down and be like, what I'm doing is worth it. What I'm doing is worthy and what I'm doing is valuable. It just might take a minute for them to process what that means or looks like for them. But those moments are hard. Yeah. Those moments are hard. Yeah. Cause it's, it's not the gut instinct, right? That's the one, that's the one we got to get right. to. It's not the first instinct. The first instinct right. is what has been the narratives that have been passed on since middle school <laughs> that we're still right. working yes. through. Yes. Um, yes. Right. right. Like, <laughs> right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Am I yeah, cool yeah. enough for this? Am I smart enough for this? Am I, yeah. does this make sense? Right. Or, or do they, and for me, right. It's in middle school. It was mm-hmm. like, well, how do I make friends? I want to be friends. I want to belong. I want to fit in. Yes. And I yep. still even think when I'm doing that, right. And I'm not getting that feedback. I'm not getting that direct in the moment. Okay. You're picking up what I'm putting down. Right. Yeah. yeah. Then I'm like, well, am I, am I speaking their language? Am I relevant? Am I, 
am I good enough to be doing this with them for them? Mm-hmm. Right. So do I, do I belong here? Yeah. Is often then the story that is told. Yeah. And belonging, that'll put you right into a dark space real quick. If you want it Woo! to. Um. <laughs> that part, that part. Yep. Did someone throw me a rope. I'm down here in my shame hole. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and the answer is no. Cause no one's there. No cause one. you don't feel like you belong. Right? You're like, you don't deserve a rope. Um, help me, yeah, help yeah. Me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah, so body, it's interesting. You know, you know, this Tina is, uh, Tina is an Enneagram fiend. Um, um, and talked a lot about the Enneagram. And uh, uh, for those of you that don't know, Enneagram is it's essentially like a personality assessment. Maybe you've done like a Myers-Briggs or a Strengths or a DISC, yeah. um, some of those kinds of assessments. But the Enneagram uh, is interesting. It's different than those because it, it talks about kind of like what are your true motivations. Um, and, and so, therefore, it forms some really interesting conversations. And I know that you are a three uh, as an Enneagram. Can you tell us, because it, it's also just to prove the Enneagram's worth, you're going to connect the dots really <laughs> quick between what you were oh, just yeah. saying yeah. and yep. what a three is on the Enneagram. Can you talk about it really quick? A three, also known <laughs> as the achiever, the achiever slash the performer, mm-hmm. um, is somebody who wants to belong, wants to fit in, who who will sometimes put on a quote unquote a show. Um, in order to get that attention and, and to belong and seek that that community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'm an Enneagram three wing two, which means I'm also the helper, right? That common core of care that we were talking about earlier from wanting to be a veterinarian and caring for people, those sorts of things. So um, for me, what I do speaking that message, right, that hope of belonging is I want you to let me in your life. Um, in a very vulnerable, real, intangible way so that mm-hmm. I can impact you. And I can just look at you and be like, how can I show up for you? How can I support you? Right? Like that is what my best relationships are formed off of. That is what my best, best moments are formed off of. Right. And I think that's why I'm, I like to think I'm pretty good at what I do. Um, both in the fraternity and sorority life space and as a speaker mm-hmm. of, I want to help you at the end of the day, it's about how can I help you either deliver this message create this content, get this, this thing to stop or to start, right. Depending on what we're talking about, if we're talking about community, if we're talking about ending sexual violence, right, whatever it is, how can I help? Um, but in order to do that, that achiever in me, that, that performer in me wants to be able to show up and wants to be able to have those relationships and have that, that community, um, in order to do that. And I will almost go at any, any lengths that I can, (laughs) And I don't know why I said lengths. Like that. So weird. We go hit all these confidence. <laughs> a lot happened in there. People this is where you know that I have braces at some point, right? Right. Like, um, I will go at whatever whatever length I can get to in order to make that happen. And so I think it's yeah, that that's the that's the connection right there. Mm. Is that Enneagram three is this performer who shows up who wants you to let them in your life to be friends, to belong, to fit in. But for me with that wing too, how can I help? How can I be there for you and support you? Yeah. 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 Uh, Because I can't get over it. And because I like to beat jokes to death. Uh, (laughs) uh, Real G's move in silence like lengths. Um, (laughs) Shout out to Lil Wayne. We got that Lil Wayne quote. Uh, It's not lasagna anymore. Anyway. So uh, (laughs) the, um, yeah. (laughs) 
weird. so it's, it's interesting weird. because I love it. I am a this is this is why you and I are similar. Is I'm a two wing three, um, and uh, and that 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 is very obvious as well. And and so, but the interesting thing is is that. Bonnie, let's have a moment of honesty. I don't think I've told you this before, um, but it's relevant to what we're currently talking about. But for the longest time, I didn't know uh, if I was talking to Bonnie Shade or if I was talking to who Bonnie Shade wanted me to see. Um, and, uh, and it took, it took me a minute, but it's okay. You know, I got, I got, I got the hatchet out. We didn't have a chainsaw <laughs> for that one. We got the how we just slowly, no. slowly chopped at the tree, yeah. Bonnie shade. Yep. Um, and, uh, but th- it felt like there was a lot of bark. Um, <clears throat> um, and, uh, so a, I'm grateful. Uh, I'm grateful because not everybody deserves to see us, but our walls lowered. Um, and so sure. I, I'm, I'm grateful for that. And I don't, I don't take anything. Uh, I don't take that for granted. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I would also say this is something that I know that you have put work on as well. Um, and, and knowing that who you are is enough. Um, and we don't need the, the showcase. We just need the shade. Um, yeah. And oh, uh, <laughs> love that. It's the we new love, hashtag. We love Keep alliteration. That's in. <laughs> Um, and so, uh, but ultimately, you know, when we put up our walls, uh, when we put up our walls, it is yes to protect ourselves, but sometimes we're also putting up our walls to, to protect other people in our eyes from like, well, this is going to be uncomfortable or hey, you don't need to know that yeah. about me or, you know, right. Like yeah. our walls are sometimes for, for everybody. Um, and I, I'm wondering, now, as someone who has had their counselor and talk, call them out about perfectionism, is perfectionism something that you also uh, struggle with, or is that is that a, is that a piece of who you are? No, James, I'm perfect all the time. <laughs> Why would you ever think that with my Enneagram three self? Right? Uh, yes, of course it is. Yeah, I think uh, perfectionism um, is a, is part of. I, I would argue perfectionism is part of who all of us are. Mm -hmm. It just depends on what that relationship with your perfectionism looks like and how to the forefront of your mind, of your behavior, of your interactions, it is. For me, it was such a big part of of my life growing up, I think, right from that financial security piece that I seeked, that approval that I seeked, that belonging that I seeked in middle school and high school, even into my professional career of, "Am am I good enough to be doing this, right? That imposter syndrome hit, so the way to combat imposter syndrome is to let the pendulum swing completely in the opposite direction. And instead of asking questions like, hi, I don't know how to do this. I really would love to learn. I faked it till I make it. Mm-hmm. And James, as you always like to say, <laughs> if you always are faking it, do you ever really make it? I will also say, though, I think women tend to not fake it enough sometimes. And I'm talking about the context of professionalism, Um, right? Like I think women oftentimes say, well, like I have to be overqualified or I have to get this degree or this title or this thing or know this or have this experience Mm -hmm. in order to apply for, do this, make that happen, whatever it is. Fill in the blank here for the goal you hope to achieve. Women, I think, overestimate what is needed in order to get shit done sometimes because society has told us that we're not enough Mm -hmm. oftentimes. 
And so I think if, if women begin to fake it more, maybe we can make it and then look back and reevaluate, okay, now that I'm here, now that I've made it, what roadmap can I set that allows other women to genuinely, truly be themselves and make it? Mm-hmm. Sometimes you have to work within the system to change the system. And I think, I, I don't know that that's what I did, but I do think that I, I, I don't know that I would have gone back and changed it. Because I, for me, the lessons I've learned, the person I am today, yeah, there was a fake, a fake facade of this house is perfect, keep it moving, the lawn is manicured right, but inside it's burning. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to, how to show up. I don't know who I need to be in order to feel like I belong, I fit in. So I'm going to perform. I'm going to be this achiever. Um, but then I got to this place of like feeling confident and capable. Mm-hmm. I think I've always felt confident. I don't know that I felt capable. So now that I'm in a place of feeling confident and capable, now it's like, okay, let's, let's reevaluate who I'm showing up as. And am I showing up as this facade of the perfect house? Or am I letting people see that inside it's burning (laughs) and Hey, hand me a bucket of water if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. And maybe while you hand me that bucket of water, I can have a conversation with you that allows me in and allows you in to just be people together. So yeah, yeah, perfectionism is a huge part of it to answer your question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, first of all, that was beautifully said. Uh, I, I appreciate your vulnerability uh, yeah. turning the ironic question about perfectionism. Um, <laughs> good a place as any, right? Uh, so, there it is, right? Yeah, right. no, and uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I love it. I see it. I think you know. There are times where fake it till you make it does make sense. Um, and, uh, but at the end of the, you know, it's, it's about, it's about how long we fake it and why we continue to fake it. Are we continuing to fake it because of imposter syndrome? Because we don't think we've made it, even though we have, um, and we've convinced ourselves that we don't belong or we're not good enough, smart enough, funny enough, whatever enough, competent enough, capable enough. Um, and, uh, it, you know, are those, what are those stories that we're writing ourselves? And, and as you mentioned, and so beautifully articulated, um, women are made to write those stories longer. Um, and, uh, and, th- and that's, that's some good old fashioned sexism, right? Like research shows, yeah. uh, research shows that, uh, you know, the amount of bullet points that a man has done on a job description versus the amount of bullet points a woman has done on that job description, um, whether or not they apply, right? The woman has had to do yeah. at least 80% or something like that, where the man will apply at 30%, um, right? Of the bullet, bullet. It's, uh, yeah, it right. is it is fascinating. We're all going through shit. We all got our own lives. We're all trying to make it. We're all trying to figure it out. And so if you got to do it, uh, if you got to do it to, uh, to get through the day, then that's okay. Um, yeah. right. You got, we, the stories we tell ourselves, some, sometimes those stories enable us to get up and enable us to push through. And we got to We got to figure out a way to get through every single day. And so if we need to fake yeah. it a little bit, uh, then, then I get it. If we need to tell ourselves that lie, tell ourselves that story. I get it. Um, and so, uh, I, I hope I know you know this, but I'm going to say it out loud anyway. Of like, I did not bring this up to be like, let's talk about your shame hole, um, right? It's no, uh, it's more like yeah. let's talk about your survival tactics, yeah. right? Because like we got to figure it out in this world, um, and 
and and so I, I appreciate you talking to us about what you felt you needed to do at whatever time of your life, given the information that you had and the lived experience you also went through to do what to make the decision you needed to make. Um, and we don't often give ourselves enough credit in those moments. Um, worse than that, we often don't give other people enough credit that they're that just part. trying to figure it out. They're just trying, they're doing the best with what they can and what they've been through to make, to get through the day. Um, and it's also, we know this, it is easier to judge people who are going through what we are going through um, than it sometimes is to judge people who are going through something that we have no idea what it's like um, because it's close to us. So we judge them. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's probably why it was easier for me to be able to spot your walls. Right. <clears throat> um, yeah. And, yeah. you know, I, te- I teach what I need to hear. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I went through a whole divorce with uh, with an, with a, a, a woman who deserved more and deserved more vulnerability and authenticity. And I went through that divorce while I wrote this book behind me, leading imperfectly on <laughs> authenticity and vulnerability. Right. And right. Uh, so, yeah, it is. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. I, pre- I appreciate what you said. It obviously sparked something in me because I got on a damn soapbox. But we love the soapbox. <laughs> we love the soapbox. Well, like, right. And all of this is just it's it's so impactful to process and think about, too. Right. Because I think something that you said that now I'm like, oh, shit, this another kind of full circle moment. Right. Is this piece of uh, we don't give other people enough credit. I think for so long, my fake it till you make it was because I thought other people were asking me questions because they wanted to see those pitfalls. They wanted to see those shame holes where really they just were asking because they actually genuinely gave a shit, right? And they wanted to know and they were curious and they were hoping that I would be vulnerable. But instead of being vulnerable, I was like, oh, it's fine. It's great. Everything's fine. It's cool. It's perfect. (laughs) Right? But because of who I am and how I was raised and, and those values that were just instilled in me at an early age, it's like... I didn't feel like I could let people see those. Mm-hmm. So maybe the giving other people more credit is don't make assumptions. Don't assume malintent, right? Yeah. You can't assume malintent when it comes to, to people in your life, to friendships, to relationships. Um, I think there's so much more there than just people asking you questions for the sake of asking questions, right? Mm-hmm. The people who you call friend, the people who you call partner, the people who you call mom, dad, whatever it is, right? They genuinely care allow them to care. Mm -hmm. And maybe that's just part of letting your walls down in a different way. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Sometimes when people are asking us questions, sometimes when people are asking us questions, we need to think of that. Are are they asking us this question because they want to feel a little less crazy? (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, like, am I, am I alone? Am I alone in this? Um, Is it just me? No, but there's times where, where our pride puffs up, where our perfectionism puffs up, right. where it's like, no, we're good. And then we don't know the impact that sometimes we do make that person feel like, oh, fuck, that is just me then. Right. Um, yeah. And, you know, I think one area where I think we can both talk a little bit about this is in parenting. Right. Yeah. Um, and in whatever, whatever your process was with motherhood, my process of fatherhood, you know, I beat myself up a lot as a new dad because yeah. I didn't, 
immediately fall in love with my son. And yes, I knew all the research that told me I wouldn't immediately fall in love with There was the high probability of me not falling in love with my son, but there was also a high probability of me being like, yeah, yeah. but I'm different. Okay. You don't know me research, right? Like I'm a sensitive guy. Okay. Right, People have told me I'm right. going to be a good dad my whole life. Um, I'm going to be perfect at this. Yeah. And then when right. I wasn't, I was like, oh, wow, I'm a real piece of shit. Um, and you know, that story that I write and, uh, you know, we just expect our bodies to be able to do whatever our bodies are supposed to do or whatever. Right. Um, did you have some of that with, with motherhood as well? Did I ever, uh, so I don't know if you know this, you might, I never wanted to be a mom. Being a parent was not something I saw in my future Mm -hmm. for a very long time. And then I met a person who wanted to be a dad, who wanted to be a parent. And I started asking myself, well, what would it, what would it take for me to want to be a parent? <laughs> I don't, that's a weird question for me to ask myself, but right <laughs> self, what do I need to accomplish, do achieve in order for me to feel okay? Because I, I know that children, I knew children were going to change things. I knew children were going to change the way that I lived, showed up, those sorts of things. What I didn't expect is for children to change me. Mm. And they have drastically changed me. Um, but I, I think for me, right, becoming a parent, it wasn't natural. It, it wasn't something that I just had this innate desire, like, oh, I'm going to be a mom one day. Right? I think some women have that. Some humans have this, like, oh, I'm definitely going to be a dad one day. right? I'm definitely going to – I want to be a parent uh, for me, it was always like, you yeah, know, I'm good. I'm okay. Um, and so I think for me, the biggest piece was uh, getting pregnant and having a miscarriage. Um, that was the moment where I was like, oh, shit, I think I want this more than what I ever thought I would want this. Mm, yeah. Because um, it was there and then it wasn't. And then for me, the shame hole of, oh, my God, I'm, I'm failing at this, right? I'm not. I'm not accomplishing. My body's not doing what it should be doing. Um, and just what that meant and looked like for me. And also just uh, trying to process too my, my identity of being a victim survivor of sexual violence with that, of what that meant for me of, of so many pieces of how that showed up in pregnancy and motherhood and in different pieces. Right. Um, but motherhood was, was never something that was just going to happen mm-hmm. for me. Uh, it took a lot for me to, say like, okay, I'm ready to be a mom. I want to be a mom. I want this thing. And the process of, of raising now two little people, um, has just, it's changed who I am. And I don't think I was ready for that at first. So it's interesting. Yeah. Interesting is the longest word that means nothing in our language. Um, yes. <laughs> and <laughs> like interesting yeah. is always a five, um, right at a 10, it's a five, it nails is. it, which is great that because, is. because, because yeah. I hear, I hear you with that word in this, in this instinct instance, excuse me, yeah. uh, you know, for myself, uh, like, yes, I am falling more in love with Rome and, uh, and he's, he's yeah. a cool dude, which is great. The warranty's up. And, uh, so he's ours. <laughs> and, uh, yep. and so do not, do not, do not return to sender. Yeah, exactly, that, right? exactly, this is it yeah. committed. Nothing, uh-huh. nothing, that's how it works. Um, so the, 
so it has uh, it, it has been interesting of just this as as someone who is driven as someone who has goals as someone who wants to chase legacy as someone who uh, wants everybody to like him as someone who uh, wants to I don't know love the shit out of my partner and carry all of her weight right like all that kind of yeah. stuff like turns out you can't do it all bud um, but I'm I'm still out here trying um, and uh, and a lot of people are missing out because I'm still trying and right. Yeah. There's, there's times where I can, I can be more present with Tina um, and just be more open with her of just like, Hey, here's, here's what I think I need right now. Instead of tell me what you need. And I'm gonna figure out how to all make it work. That's right. what my whole motto is. I'm gonna make I'm gonna figure it out. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get the pieces together. These, these puzzle pieces, I don't care if they're from different puzzles, they gonna fit. Okay. Right. Um, and like, right. I'm gonna make, and, uh, but sometimes you're just trying to do the most yeah. um, and, and you don't need the most. Your family doesn't right. need you to do the most. Uh, but whatever inside of me is like, but that's what we do. We do the most um, for the most amount of people we can. Uh, and it is impacting uh, my relationship and is in a powerful way where Tina and I have to sit down and have conversations about like, okay, let's talk about <laughs> how you tried to do the most and it didn't work out. Or let's talk about how you want right. to try to figure this out. And let's see yeah. if we can come up with something together as opposed to you trying to do it in silent and then being like, I've got it, a solution, right? right. <laughs> Which is really right. what I'm trying and to do. Including them in the conversation to make the yeah. decision, mm -hmm. right? Like I think for me, it's been so crazy and wild just coming off of April, which for me is my busiest month of traveling, of speaking. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I still have this other job, right? Like at UNC oh, yeah. Charlotte that I enjoy. And uh, it, it's just it's crazy coming off that month and figuring out like, okay, I've made all these decisions to do, to go, to figure it out, to put the puzzle pieces together in the way that I thought yeah. made sense for the puzzle pieces to go together. And then realize that my partner has no direct say really in my final decision, but whatever I decide directly impacts him directly. Yeah. And it's like, that moment that I that I realized that I was like, oh shit, like I'm an asshole. Like, am I like am I the worst? Like, what is going on, right? Yeah. Because I think for me it was like, well, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna figure it out, and right, it's I'm gonna figure it out, I'm gonna figure it out, I'm gonna put these puzzle pieces together. But at what cost? Mm -hmm. If there's no point in putting the puzzle pieces together if the picture on the front of this beautiful puzzle is distorted and ruined. Yeah. So like, how are we? ensuring that we keep the picture together mm -hmm. and that image together uh, and each other together while we figure it out and put these puzzle pieces back in. Cause that's been, I, I agree with you. That's been one of the hardest pieces of it all is figuring out what do we need to do to, to make this work, but also to make this work, right. To make this relationship work, to make parenting work. Uh, and sometimes it doesn't, Sometimes it falls short. Sometimes it, <laughs> yeah. it gets messy and it gets ugly. And I make assumptions, right? I write this story in my brain of, well, this must be how he feels or this must be how they feel or, or what about how I feel? Yeah. Or this is how it ends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Help me back in the shame hole. Help yeah. me. Right? Damn it. But yeah, I think it's, it's, it really is the best and the worst thing I've ever done, mm. right? Is, is chase a legacy as you said, and to be on the go and be building this thing 
while also raising a family. Yeah. And and wanting to show up for my partner and love my partner because he's the shit and I and I can't do life without him. I don't want to do life without him, right? So yeah. this is it's the best and the hardest thing ever. Truly. Yeah, yeah. Something you said about your dad struck me back in the beginning of this show where you yeah. said that he was someone who had uh who was an extremely hard worker and he was someone that was very patient. Yeah. And uh, it sounds to me like like you got one of those. Yeah, um, <laughs> not patient at all. Right, and it's, and yeah, and yeah. so like, but so it's very interesting. Like, I, I, I admire, I admire your dad because I think those are two things that are hard, seemingly hard to hold at the same time, right? Because what I'm hearing you say is that I'm a go, I'm a go hard when it's time to work. I'm a, I'm a bust it but I'm also going to leave a little bit of space uh, for whatever needs to happen and for the unknown or for uh, grace or for whatever it is. You know, I, I don't know what his patience yeah. motto was, but uh, that's a really impressive thing to have gotten to watch and learn from uh, and, and now try to figure out how to practice. Like what is patience of self look like? What is patience of my partner is my partner is allowed to emote the way, you know, they want, they feel they they're feeling. Um, and my baby is allowed to cry. doesn't mean I suck. My whatever is allowed. Like I'm allowed to say no to this gig. Yeah. This is me saying this out loud, even though I don't say this ever, but I'm allowed to say no to this gig. That doesn't mean no client will ever book me again. Yeah. Right. Or that yeah, this person right. will never book me again, or I'm letting them down. Right. Me saying no, because my family needs me um, uh, or because my partner needs me, or just because it's time to say no sometimes um, doesn't mean that I'm letting other people down. Uh, and that's a really hard pill for me to swallow. And so, yeah, that patience piece struck me when you were describing your dad. And as I hear you talk right now about what you're trying to work on. Yeah, I'm not a patient person. My dad told me, I remember this so vividly. He told me at uh, Lucy, who's my oldest, she's two and a half almost. She'll be three in September. Um, at her baby shower, my dad pulled me aside and was like, I am going to pray that you have patience. Like that is my hope for you, right? Like that is is what I hope that you begin to grow and develop and figure out as a parent is patience. And I was like, yeah, okay, dad, thanks. Appreciate it. Love you. Yeah. Right. Like, and I just kind of very flippantly was like, okay, dad, cool. Appreciate you. Right. I'm gonna go back to the baby shower now. Yeah. Um, but that moment, right. Where my dad just grabbed me on the shoulder and was like, Bonnie, I really pray for patience, mm -hmm. right. For you. Um, it has been, I think I am better at showing other people patience than myself, mm -hmm. patience or grace. Um, right. I often think about what would it look like if I showed myself the same patience and grace as I showed my two and a half year old, mm -hmm. right. When she had an accident on the floor this morning, cause she couldn't make it to the body, right? Like whatever it is. <laughs> that moment I'm just like, Oh, you just peed on the floor. Tight. Great. Okay. Right. Um, where it's, it's these pieces and these moments of like, how am I, allowing space for myself for that. And I, I don't, and I think it's because of that perfectionism and that imposter mm -hmm. syndrome of I'm not going to do it if I don't think I'm going to be great at it, which maybe is also why I didn't want to be a mom at first, right? Of, mm -hmm. I didn't know what motherhood was going to look like for me. I didn't know what getting pregnant was going to look like for me. I didn't know what, 
how my world was going to shift or change being a mom. And that scared me, that fear of the unknown uh, and that possibility of failure, mm-hmm. even though in my brain, because I'm a perfectionist, I'm like, I ain't going to fail. Like, that's not going to happen. Um, those pieces, right? Like, that is, again, it's like, I guess it's the best and the, and the hardest thing I've ever done. But that patience is something I still have to work on. Mm-hmm. And I still have to, to figure out. But I'm so grateful that my dad just pulled me aside and was like, I'm going to pray for patience for you. Yeah. Because it's, it's not something that everybody has. Not everybody has patience. Mm-hmm. Um, but hanging out with kids, <laughs> shit, battle. That'll change for you <laughs> pretty quick, hopefully. You're going to yeah. find one or the other real quick. You go- <laughs> <laughs> patience or hardship is what you're finding Um, sometimes Sometimes you're gonna catch both if you know what i'm saying it's just yeah 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 and it's hard to practice patience when we're uh still sometimes holding on to perfectionism how can i be perfectly patient is not a sentence um and so yeah bonnie i love your self-awareness we did not even get into what you talk <laughs> to this world about. Yeah. Uh, and so let me just briefly say thank you uh, for the work that you do in this world, um, educating uh, so many about sexual violence um, and giving people the tools uh, to advocate for themselves, giving people the tools uh, to make sure that the people around them are being better human beings um, and setting up uh, spaces where safety is at a paramount um, and, uh, and, and, and just thank you for the courage that you exhibit every time you step on that stage to share your story. Um, and, uh, and thank you for, I mean, even the courage that you just had with me here in the diner today over some blueberry pancakes, uh, and, to see and, it. and we're talking about, uh, from the Wingo, uh, <laughs> to the length. saucy wings, y'all saucy wings, saucy wings, to the lengths. <laughs> Uh, I just, I respect the hell out of you, Bonnie Shade. Uh, And I'm grateful that you're in my life and I'm grateful that you're in the, you came to the diner today. I appreciate you. Happy to be here, friend. Thanks for having me. Hell yeah. Bonnie, let people know where they can find you. What's where, where can we connect with Bonnie Shade in this world? We love it. Friends on all social media outlets. And yes, I am on TikTok. Not super active, but we're there (laughs) a little bit at Bonnie Shade BB. It's Bonnie with a Y. Don't get it twisted. B-O-N-N-Y, Shade, B-B, uh, on all social media outlets. Um, my website, bonnieshade.com, and my email address, bonnie at bonnieshadespeaks.com. Does any of those work for me? Slide in the DMs, though. That's probably the easiest to make it happen. Slide in the DMs, y'all. Bonnie, thank you so much for coming to the diner. I appreciate you, my friend. Always good to be here. Hell good yeah. You, James. Hell yeah. Y'all, that was my time with Bonnie Shade. What an incredible woman. We talked about patience today. We talked about perfectionism. We talked about shame holes because that's where I live. Uh, No. (laughs) No, it was just so incredible to hear how she is working on giving herself grace. And it is a work in progress. Uh, It is a work in progress to let ourselves know that whatever we went through in our lives is allowed to still impact us. Um, But we are in control of how much time, how much weight, and how much credibility we give to it in our current situation. Uh, and it is just special to get to spend that kind of time with you all, with a great friend of mine, Bonnie Shade. And until next time, y'all, do me a favor and keep punching small talk in the face by asking better questions. Take care. 
Y'all, it was so much fun kicking it in the diner with you. And I would say our timing was right about perfect because I just finished the last few drops of my milkshake. Listen, y'all, you would do my self-esteem a huge favor if wherever you listen to podcasts, if you could leave a rating, if you could subscribe, if you could leave a comment, a review, anything like that, that is how we get this podcast into more people's ears. And if you want to stay in touch with the podcast elsewhere, we are Diner Talks with James on Instagram. Pretty original, huh? I agree. Also, if you want to hang out with me, Just individually on more places, I am James T. Robo all over the internet. Y'all had a blast with you. I appreciate you. Take care and stay great. 